This is Rivers to Resilience. The podcast where we educate, inspire, motivate and transform you and your teams on your journey to emotional resilience. We hear stories and advice from leaders and experts, allowing you to harness their wisdom with transformational, evidence-based strategies to building emotional resilience. Join accredited cognitive behavioural psychotherapist and author Martina Witter as she deep dives into all aspects of resilience building, whilst also helping you to crush stress and improve and retain your performance, productivity and profits. That's here on Rivers to Resilience. So I'm excited to introduce today's guest. We've got the fantastic Samantha Labanzu, who is a profound and energetic career and business and development coach a mentor, a motivational speaker with a background in human resource, and she specializes in diversity and inclusion. With the skills to teach and train people, she empowers them to bring transformational changes in their personal and professional lives. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Samantha. (laughs) Hello. Thank you very much. That was a wonderful introduction, and I really appreciate that. Um, I have been in HR for nearly 20 years, the actual role for more than 17. So Mm -hmm. I've been quite fortunate to be able to see things firsthand in terms of cultural changes, Uh, say that we're coming from the banking industry. So if everyone knows about the 2008 world crisis, I will say (laughs) I've been a part of that. And then we have things like PPI and all those different things that kind of made me get involved in how do we change cultural culture in an organization and how does it make how do we make it last and this is how diversity and inclusion kind of grew its likes in what I decided was something that was very very important to me personally from someone who's an ethnic minority who considers herself and a woman (laughs) and who also is has a disability I have dyslexia So that has been an interesting one in terms of my life and career and how I chose to hide it because I knew Mm -hmm. that being a black woman was enough <laughs> I, couldn't yeah. hide I couldn't hide that but mm-hmm. I, I can choose to hide a part of me that I feel doesn't really matter it actually mm-hmm. gave me more creativity right. and ability to do more mm-hmm. now that's really interesting that, that you shared that you chose to hide it and I just wonder how that kind of ties in with resilience as well that's the kind of first question that sprung to mind how have you been resilient in I guess navigating oh. through your professional, through your professional life and personal life with Ooh, that. I love the word resilience because it definitely resonates with one of the words that people tend to use about me. You're so resilient, Sam. How have mm. you managed to do it? And I just define it as the ability just to bounce back, you know, mm-hmm. bounce back from the setbacks, from you know, life's troubles and come out winning. And mm-hmm. I have personally gone through a lot. <laughs> so when you talk about personal and professional, I'd say we could be here. How long have we got? <laughs> as long as How you long need. Have we got? <laughs> <laughs> so if I talk we, we about, want to know, we want to know you. The I, audience wants yeah. to know you. So just just bring your whole self. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's what, the reason why I'm asking you. Have you got enough time? So <laughs> so in the terms of professional, I have done a lot in terms of progressing through my career. So. I found it really difficult. So I would say, where did you start? I started before I was even born. I came from a very abusive relationship that my mother had. 
he threw her out of a window in you know when she was pregnant and and she ended up in hospital for the entire time she was pregnant so my life started from a disadvantage mm-hmm. and from abuse now did that determine me did that decide where I was going to be in life I came from a very disadvantaged background where I was told you could either the choices were teen pregnancy or, you know, being a gangster's mall, you know, one, right. that's it. I came from mm-hmm. outside Manchester. It wasn't the nicest environments that I personally had. I seen a lot of stuff, probably shouldn't have seen at a very young age. Mum mm. did not want that for me. And she made a conscious decision that she was going to take the choice and send me to a different a different school, a different high school. Mm. I changed the narrative for her children, me and my mm-hmm. twin brother, Nathan. Mm-hmm. And she sent me to school in Sale. And for me, that was like going into the sticks. Um, <laughs> like literally, it was actually at a time when there was no direct buses. Mm-hmm. So we had to get three buses. We had to wake up at five. I remember waking up at 5.30 in the morning and wow. trying to get to school and no buses wanting to even turn up because the starting point's my side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was the reason why they didn't turn up. Yeah. But, but I had to get to school very early mm-hmm. in order to make sure that I was in on time. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I would say I was introduced to the world of work. I did not know this was going to be what I was going to experience for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. which is, where are you really from? And I was like, Manchester. Like, like, no, where are you really from? I'm really from Manchester. Like, yeah. And they're like, no, no, you know what I mean? And I really didn't understand the question, you know, being 11 years old, I didn't understand that question. I really, the most I've been is probably Spain for a weekend with my mum. And that was a luxury trip in a tent. Um, (laughs) No, it was. It was like the best holiday and the only holiday I had until I turned about 18. Mm -hmm. But that question was something that kind I never understood. It was a question I never understood, Mm -hmm. but it was something that I, it was a question that I was going to be asked for the rest of my Mm. life. To this day, Mm. where are you really from? And Um, should you have to, should you have to experience that as a young person? Yeah, it's interesting. And then people are touching your hair. Can I touch your hair? You've already got your hands in in your hair. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Just, you know, being told that you're not good enough or or being noticed because of, Mm -hmm. you could be in a crowd, but guess who's the one that's always noticed? The person that stands out. Yeah. It just happens to be me as the Mm -hmm. only black person. Yeah. The only black girl in my class. Mm. I think in the whole school, there was only a, a handful. And we used to call it being peppered into the school. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sat here, Sam, and, and I'm just reflecting a lot because, I mean, you won't even know this, but, you know, I grew up in sale. So I, I know. All. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I went to I went to a girls school, Aldringham Girls Grammar, and there were about three people of colour in the class. So everything you're saying really <laughs> resonates with me. And yeah, resilience is what gets you through. If you yeah, haven't done it, you're not going to make it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like in a way I was quite fortunate because not only did it open my myself up to new opportunities, it kind of helped me get ready for what was going to be work. I probably had years on other people. Mm-hmm. So some people got thrown into it and then had to kind of adapt. Mm-hmm. I felt I've always had to adapt to yeah. the situation. So mm-hmm. I was kind of ready for it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like and look, we, we talk a lot about in the world of diversity, inclusion, code switching where people feel like they cannot be their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. 
that I felt like in terms of cold switching, I felt like that wasn't probably my real narrative because I've always had to face it. I don't feel burnt out by it. I feel like this mm-hmm. is just part of who I am now, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. And I always talk about this because going to a, a school that was predominantly white and having to change part of me, one of the things that I had to do was change the way I spoke, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming from our side but then going back what people don't realize is that yes I had to change the way I spoke but then I had to go back home I didn't live in sale I lived in my side so if I started speaking in a certain way they'd be like yeah stop talking like that star who do you think yeah. you are me <laughs> so, so, so it's like so I had to change the way I spoke I had to switch like literally I use the word code switch I had to mm-hmm. have that resilience because I had to go back into my real life which is being mm. side and speak a language that they understood mm-hmm. so I, you know at the end of the day it's, it's understanding that people understand you in a different way and how do you adapt to them so I had to adapt myself going back into my side so yeah I still to this day can can literally switch <laughs> go, yeah. what? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is a skill in itself isn't it being able to communicate with lots of people from different backgrounds that that is a skill and everyone can't do it no, and I think this is the challenge is a lot of people cannot do it and they shouldn't have to do it, mm-hmm. really. They should just be who they are. That was a skill I learned because I found that there was a barrier. There was a barrier. So what I feel like organisations need to do is actually understand that this is a barrier for them to progress. This is a barrier for them to fit in into the mm-hmm. work. No, they're not supposed to fit in. We want to stand out. But mm-hmm. you need to be able to communicate in a way that everyone understands. But instead of it being the individual having to adapt actually mm-hmm. what can you do to help that individual become mm-hmm. included and feel belonging feel like mm-hmm. they belong yeah no that that's fantastic and I guess a lot of food for thought for organizations in terms of promoting diverse and inclusive yeah. workforces so for, for yourself how would you um or what role would you say diversity and inclusion has in the workplace and how does resilience fit in it's a, yeah so I would say diversity is, what What do we say? It's actually something that you have no choice. So I can't remember who says this. It might be one of the authors. I'll have to find out for you. Mm-hmm. But diversity is a choice. Mm-hmm. But inclusion is a reality. Mm-hmm. It's coming to me, the name. I'm sorry I'm not referencing you. It will come to mm-hmm. me. I will reference, I'll give it to you, Martina, to reference. Yes. It's yes. not my quote, just to, to add. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, it's a reality. And I think in terms of resilience, I think that they, you can expect individuals to have, you, you, you've got no choice, diversity is there. But mm-hmm. in terms of being inclu- feeling included and belonging, then that's on, on the organisation to actually action. Mm-hmm. So resilience is something that, <laughs> I talk about resilience and I've talked about it in terms of a racial thing, because... Mm-hmm. That's my experience. Yeah, no, go ahead. It's my experience, which is that, you know, we're told that, oh, just get over it, you know, actually. Yeah, get over it, just move on. And actually, when you think about it, it's okay to move on if the action doesn't reoccur. You know, you talk about forgiveness and forgetting. Yeah, Yeah. you can easily do that. But if you're being hit by the same bat and then told, just get over it, it's very different. Mm -hmm. Actually, you've been hit so sorry that was a mistake this time Mm -hmm. now we can move on and there's a big 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 difference Mm. so if we stop getting hit we can move forward Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And when you talk about resilience, resilience is the ability to get over it, to use all the, the, the seven rivers. I love your seven rivers, by the mm-hmm. way. Seven rivers of resilience and be mm-hmm. able to move forward, but not being hit again. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the unfortunate reality is that people of colour and other, other individuals from various backgrounds are constantly being hit. And whether organisations or individuals some organisations or individuals may not be aware of it as well. And I think that's what the, the challenge is when we think about discrimination and racism, covert and overt and, you know, trying to navigate through that and constantly having to bounce back and, and, and be resilient. But the organisation hasn't changed. So how can individuals navigate through that? And have you had to navigate through that and be resilient in your role? Absolutely, I 100% have. I have had to, I face bullying, I face microaggression, I face stereotyping. I've mm-hmm. got some lovely stories of being told, oh, gang, you know, being saying, oh, things like, oh, gangster Sam. <gasps> Why are you calling me like, like, in the workplace. Yeah, like gangster Sam, or even in the workplace in a professional setting, going, Sam, you can get me some ganja, can't you? <gasps> I'm the only black person in out of 2000, but you want to pick me? I don't even smoke. Like, mm. you know, I don't <laughs> smoke. Like, what, what kind of assumption is that? That is horrifying. It, I'm it, laughing, but actually, no. Like, I, literally, and you get things like, like I said, I personally have had a manager who bullied me, like, literally bullied me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was p- personal. I think she just bullied everyone that was a minority of anything. Mm. So she, she bullied the person who she found that was pregnant. How do we get rid of her? Well, she's she's no use to us. Get rid of her. You know, any person that no longer served a, a purpose for her mm-hmm. in her mind, she would want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was because I really loved people and I wanted to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to serve. And because mm-hmm. I probably didn't agree with everything that she said, which is I don't want to get rid of people because they are pregnant. Mm-hmm. I became her arch enemy. Ah, I see. Right. So she became, she decided that she was going to like make my life from the living hell and she did. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say about resilience is that I had to get, look after myself. Mm-hmm. I had to really stand back and look after myself because mm-hmm. when someone is really bringing you down, it's very hard to mm-hmm. bounce back mm-hmm. um, and manage stress and make a decision. So for me, it's funny because my post today was walk away. You know, mm. I was about walking away today. And mm-hmm. actually, I made the decision I'm going to walk away from the situation mm-hmm. because it's not good for me. Mm. It's not good for my mental well being. And actually, it's not serving my long term purpose. Mm-hmm. So I took a break. I went and traveled Europe. Mm-hmm. I had the best time of my life. I discovered myself. I knew what I wanted to do. And I came back and said, that's it. My choice now is to go and help and serve people. And that's when I decided to do HR. Mm-hmm. That's that was right. that was my starting, and that mm-hmm. was it. That's it. I don't want to. I want to protect those people who, you know, by with you know with policies with things like you know she was pushing people out. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go in there and be the policy maker and yeah. be the person who helps and sets change and help mm-hmm. people to manage the managers and things like that. That's mm-hmm. what I was all about. So it changed the way I, being resilient changed my future. Mm-hmm. There's another situation where I gave birth. 
this happens a lot, by the way, in workplaces. I gave birth. I was promised a promotion. I came back from work to a kit day, new manager who had made a decision. Instead of a promotion, she was going to make me redundant. And what was interesting, yeah, literally. And I was like, oh, wow, what's happened? Is there a structural change? Mm -hmm. Well, no, not really. Is there more people being made redundant? Is Mm -hmm. it just, no, just you. Okay, is there a reason? Well, we don't want you to be moving your pencil around. What? I've literally worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I've gone off and had a child. That means doesn't mean that I'm going to come back and be part able or part mm. have a part ability. I'm going to come back, in fact, with more skills than I had when I left. Mm-hmm. But instead, she made the assumption that I wasn't going to be cut out to do the work that I'd done in the past. Mm. And I'd say, literally, she'd made, she wanted to make me personally redundant. No one else in a, a big team. I think my team was about 16. Mm-hmm. No one else had been hit by redundancy, just me. Right. Yeah, literally just me. I was quite fortunate that I was quite well networked. And mm-hmm. because of my love for people and because literally I like to socialize and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Just yourself, Martina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was fortunate and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't by plan or design. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna she made me redundant while I had my daughter with me. I was on a kit day, so I brought my daughter. She was like, right. was like in, come into this meeting. I was like, should I bring my daughter with me? She's like, no, leave her outside. That's how much she thought of like this sex. Right? She was awful. Like, really? <laughs> Does she have children? That's the first question. I'm back I, you know what? Mind. Because she never got to know me I never got an opportunity to know her oh, so I, right. I, I don't believe she did to be mm-hmm. honest um I just think that she it was a woman which is sometimes a bit hard when it's like you're another woman doing the yeah. same thing and um it's really hard because I'm just like you do realize that the opportunity I was the only black person in the team mm-hmm. in probably the whole of HR in that particular right team. there was very little in my whole department I'm pretty sure I was the only one in the wider team mm-hmm. And there's an opportunity here for you to be diverse and inclusive and actually show, like, and I hate the idea of being a tick box, but mm. actually you take an opportunity when it's there. And she actually yeah. was like, get rid of her, get rid of her. I was lucky in the sense of fortunate or blessed, or the, whichever word you want to use, which is that because I was well networked, I went and continued to do what I always do, which is connect with people. Before mm-hmm. the end of that day, four people had come to me and said, there's four potential roles that we think will be perfect for Sam. And I had a choice. They were all promotions and I had mm-hmm. a choice. So I went back into a promoted role instead of being made redundant. That was my story though. Mm-hmm. It could have gone very, very different had I not had those opportunities brought mm-hmm. to me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, resilience because it, I could have decided I'm just going to go home. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not going to connect with anyone. I'm not going to do what I normally do. I could have changed that story very, mm-hmm. very easily, but I didn't. I, can, mm-hmm. I connected and I did what I always do. And I smiled. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying you should just smile through it all. But <laughs> I did. It's just part of my who I am. I yeah, yeah. I smile even though I want to cry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that because I guess smiling <laughs> releases different chemicals, which helps to yeah. boost your mood. So that, does that science behind it and and I guess what I'm hearing from everything you've shared is that you had that self-awareness in the whole process before you traveled and you came back and you decided to pursue that career in HR you understood yourself and you understood what you wanted and that that is key and critical to resilience because if you don't understand yourself then how are you able to make informed decisions that are going to benefit you and allow you to progress in your life personally or professionally 
And then another thing that I, I noticed in terms of what you've just shared around your resilience is that it's your mindset. You had that positive mindset, that growth mindset, and you you didn't view that potential redundancy, I guess, as a threat. You saw it as an opportunity. You continued to network, be your authentic self. And then that created more opportunities. A ripple effect, as they call it. You mentioned something about, you know, personal. So for me, I wanted to share as well with you that there was other, even though I was going through so much in terms of my professional life, I was also going through a lot in my personal life. And one is that it took me 10 years to conceive. So right. I, had to, I went through IVF. So my, you know, that oh, conversation, wow. being there in that office and having my daughter with me, that mm. was such a beautiful thing for me. That should, mm-hmm. That's something that I'd like look forward to in my entire career, being able yeah. to see others bringing in their children. I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to be able to do that. That was yeah. my like dream. <laughs> she mm-hmm. kind of shattered it. Yeah. But the story is, is that, you know, I've had, the resilience I've had it in my professional life it mm-hmm. has echoed into my personal life as well. Mm-hmm. I've had to be strong, knowing that I really want to have children, and mm. I struggled. I really did. I struggled mm. and struggled for ten years. Mm. It's a long then, time, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long, long time. You know, having lots of hormones pumped into you, and mm. you know, and that's not going to work, and this has not worked, and and then I had IVF, and it was the right time for me because I had support and I, yeah. what we talk about resilience. I don't know. I also want to make sure that people know that they should reach out and make sure they've got a great support network. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. So I had at that particular point before I went on maternity, a great manager, mm-hmm. a really great manager who was like, yeah, I know that this is something that you've been wanting for so long. I'm going to support you all the way. Take as much time as you need off. I went on holiday like mm-hmm. I to Canada, traveling around Canada, the wild, wild west, every mm-hmm. time. I literally got to have the time of my life, take time off, it not be penalized. When she was like, when you do get pregnant, you are one of our top performers. I will not penalize you. Mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about the end of the year. I'm still going to mark you. You don't worry about taking time off. I am mm-hmm. still going to reward you for all that you've done throughout the year, as opposed mm-hmm. to a time when you are going through a difficult period. And I was mm-hmm. just like, what? That's amazing, like literally amazing. So I was successful first time around with my IVF. Mm -hmm. And I think that was predominantly because I had a a workplace that supported me through it. Mm -hmm. Well, I say say we talk about workplaces a lot, but actually it's just people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. For other Mm -hmm. people. And if you make the right decisions, that's why I talk about diversity inclusion and how it's important, is it's just one person can like really make a difference. Mm -hmm. Each person starts to help the other person make the right decisions. We can then become the workplace of choice. Mm -hmm. The workplace of choice. It's all about people and decisions. So I was able to have my daughter, and now I have five children. <laughs> that that is just... five years. Um, yeah. Three during the pandemic, and they were all natural. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. All natural. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. You know, something opened the gates, and that's it. So it's like being like smart, popping them out like smart is since. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure it's very rewarding. It really, and especially having waited 10 years, I can see why you're just embracing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a beautiful thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have this thing that people come to me and go, wow, five kids, what? Mm-hmm. And then I go back, five children, what? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a difference in your perspective sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, like, it, it really is. I noticed that you shared about, I guess, the importance of your, your manager in terms of, you know, when you were going through 
challenges in the workplace and waiting to conceive that your manager was very supportive and that just highlights the role of your your network those who who are around you and how that can build resilience how it's so critical for our personal resilience and I guess sometimes that can be overlooked sometimes we're always maybe focused on well do I need to kind of develop this strategy or use these different skills but we can't underestimate the power of our network or let me just forget about network family friends people that you know it could even be people that you haven't even met yeah absolutely <laughs> like you've got to make sure that you you keep the right people around you at the right times like yeah. saying that you also need to be aware that you need to remove the people that are not serving you as well. Like seriously, you know, we talk about toxic. It's kind yeah. of one of those little trendy words, toxic, toxic. <laughs> but no, it's so true. The reason why you say toxic is because you, as a resilience person, and you understand the, the power of hormones. Mm-hmm. If you're in a negative environment and we're ne- literally in the space of somebody who's negative, what they're releasing in terms of those hormones actually can directly impact the way that you feel mm-hmm. with act and the way that you you know produce your work Mm -hmm. so it's so important that if you're around having even certain conversations Mm -hmm. you know if they're not uplifting if they're not there to like even uplift you or the people what you're doing be aware of it you know Mm -hmm. you know be aware that actually this is not the kind of conversation that's going to elevate what I want to do or Mm -hmm. even that individual Mm-hmm. sometimes you've got to kind of call it out like yeah we don't sometimes you're like mm, I just won't say anything but no mm-hmm. call it out like people will say to me if you ask anyone that knows me very well they'll say Samantha is always positive mm-hmm. but that's non-negotiable really mm-hmm. I say positive I'm talking about I'm talking about some of the negative experiences that I have but there's always a good news story at the end of it yes and the thing is to the point where when I say it's non-negotiable is if there is something that is negative because we're always going to have to go through things and that's the thing mm. we talk about resilience. we're going to have to go through them but what is your outlook mm-hmm. you know, how can you turn this like you talk about opportunity how can you turn this into an opportunity mm-hmm. because it is just that it's an opportunity yeah. to grow an opportunity to learn mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to rest in some situations yeah yeah it's an opportunity to reflect so mm-hmm. what can you do to make it an opportunity Mm-hmm. And I challenge my friends all the time. If they come and go, you know, whatever it is about, you know, maybe a work situation. I always get the call about work, by the way, because I'm in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always, I've, I've, just, I've just got one, just a little one thing. Can I actually, <laughs> you know, and it's always something that's bothering them. So then I'm mm-hmm. like, well, how can you change this situation for you? How can you make this an opportunity? What can you get out of it? Okay, mm-hmm. so the mistake happened. Well, what have you learned from that? You're not going to have mm-hmm. something happen again now, is it? Mm. you think twice about that now aren't you yeah you know things like that Mm -hmm. no that's that's fantastic and I just yeah I agree with everything that you've shared there's always opportunities to learn but we've got to take responsibility for that as an individual and even in the workplace when we are facing or people are facing challenges maybe with a manager it is that individual's responsibility like you said to call it out and I guess to explore it and to see how it can be Resolve because if when you are facing some some challenge or setback, if you retreat, you're kind of removing that opportunity for you to grow. And that's where the resilience comes in. You've got to be facing some challenges. Otherwise, there's no muscles that are being built. I think about going to the gym, working out. If I'm not going to the gym, nothing's nothing's gonna change. Nothing's gonna change. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, you you lift, I don't know, 50 kilos and then (laughs) increases to 70. It's the same with resilience and 
things that would historically have affected you and you would have maybe just been out for a few days now you know it maybe takes you out for half a day and it's just about we've got to keep building and building those resilience muscles I like that I like you said that there's nothing going to change but actually things will change but just not in the direction you want I can I can attest to that because the last couple of like months I have not gone to the gym and I've like oh good I'm getting a bit of a belly here (laughs) (laughs) so you really have to take responsibility so like literally I put that in my alarm to say I've got to get back into some because I love it you know Mm -hmm. it's about fitness I love being able to work out and do things but I can't give myself excuses Mm -hmm. I have to be responsible and this is probably not going to be a popular thought Mm -hmm. but actually the reality is when we talk about diversity and inclusion the responsibility is for the organization to make the adaptions for individuals so they Mm -hmm. can build those resilience muscles but I this is not unpopular by the way you probably (laughs) you've heard it here first but it's also the responsibility of the person of whatever, you know, diversity or whatever, wherever you're from, whatever makes you different, whatever you're facing, it's your responsibility to make a difference to. Mm. You are just as responsible. Hence, when I talk about my, obviously I coach women of colour, it's Mm -hmm. really important. I say, this is your responsibility. If you sit there in a role and say, they've not promoted me, they've not moved me Mm. forward. I've just been here for years and nothing has happened. You have got to take responsibility to say, well, what have you done to change that narrative? Because mm-hmm. if you keep sitting there and you keep waiting for nothing to happen, guess what? Nothing will continue to happen and you'll nothing yes. move forward. So yeah. we have to also, not popular, take responsibility mm-hmm. to and make to make our own difference. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. A quote comes to mind. I can't remember it word for word, but it says that madness is when you continue to do the same thing and there's no difference in the results. So it's madness. Yeah, and expecting the same results. I know that yeah. one. I don't know who it is. So whoever yeah. it is, we're not mis- anonymous for now, quote anonymous. Yes. <laughs> so we've, we've got to take responsibility. We've got to take responsibility for change and action to occur is essentially what, what you're kind of saying in summary. But what, from your perspective, what are your thoughts around whether diverse individuals require more resilience? Do they require more resilience in the workplace? I would like to say that that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have no choice in the matter. We do have mm-hmm. to be more resilient because at the end of the day, people have unconscious biases. Mm-hmm. People will have stereotypes. People, and we can't change those. Some things they're unaware of these things. Mm-hmm. And it can come to bite you. So you've got to be aware of it and you've got to be ready to kind of bounce back. You know, mm-hmm. it's about bouncing back and going, you know what? I'm not going to let this derail me or change yeah. the narrative or my fate. My destiny is assured. I'm mm-hmm. destined for greatness. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I'm destined for greatness. That That is it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you heard it here first. Mantha is destined for greatness. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. That's yeah. I'm, I'm destined for greatness, greatness as well. Yeah. That's exactly. it. And then you, you create those opportunities and make the moves for that greatness to be exactly to be manifested and to create the opportunities. Yeah. People may delay you, but they'll never stop you. That's mm-hmm. my little quote for you. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. This is a motivational sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's fantastic. So what, what are your thoughts around in, when we think about work, the workplace and 
does diversity in the workplace increase organisational resilience and success? What is that connection between diversity and resilience in the workplace? Is there a connection? So I definitely, like we mentioned before, resilience, definitely you have to be more resilient when you're from a diverse mm -hmm. background. Mm -hmm. Can it bring success? Well, I would challenge that and say no, because if we go back to what we said, diversity is you have no choice on diversity it's mm -hmm. just there however if you have inclusion mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion and belonging mm -hmm. then you're going to get the reward because ultimately we already know and if you don't i'll just tell you know is that organizations who are diverse and inclusive they are likely to outperform their peers in the mm -hmm. same industry by 25 percent when we talk of that in numbers in the uk we're talking it's 24 billion pound so the win for that, the success for that is out of this world. If, you, mm -hmm. if you're a global organization, talking in the US, this goes into trillions of pounds. Mm -hmm. So why do you think organizations, I love to think that, you know, they're doing the moral thing, <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. right, it is, it is the right thing to do. But the reason, there is a bigger reason, there is a business reason for it. And it goes into trillions if you're a global organization, billions mm -hmm. in the UK. It's a win-win for everyone. Not only do you get people who are working at their best, they're more creative, they have diverse thought, opinion and experiences. Mm -hmm. Your innovation is so much in that organizations are going to get the financial reward too so yes resilience big big thing in terms of business is businesses in themselves have to be resilient look at what we've just faced the pandemic we've mm -hmm. had the crisis in 2008 we may be heading towards another one so mm -hmm. of course we need that but then if you're not set up for it already you know we're not setting ourselves up in having these diverse and inclusive organizations now Mm -hmm. chances are you're not going to make it into we're going to talk in 10 years time that those organizations who did not pick this up now they're not going to be in this conversation they will not exist mm -hmm. it's as simple as that they will fail mm -hmm. i have to say it as simple as that they will fail you yeah. cannot think that you can have an organization that doesn't think diversity and inclusion is important and be able to talk about it in 10 years time they yeah. won't be here Mm -hmm. it's powerful the internet's powerful the social media is powerful people have information at the click of their hand mm -hmm. and if organizations are not doing what they're saying if they're just you know they're not talk, walking the walk and talking the talk whatever it is that they want to call it mm -hmm. people know and people can sift that information out so yeah. quickly mm -hmm. within seconds so yeah organizations do need to make the change they do mm -hmm. need to make the change right now yeah so how one piece of advice in terms of how an organization could potentially be more inclusive. So inclusion means about understanding people's differences and celebrating them and making mm -hmm. sure that they, so everyone is unique, but my example I always bring is, okay, so if you were going to on holiday, everyone talks about, you know, things like, oh, let's go to Dubai. Yeah. Like, Dubai is an amazing exotic holiday. We know it's luxury. <laughs> it's amazing. But what are the things you're going to do before if you've never been there? What are you going to do? You're going to go and research, aren't you? Mm. Why? Because it's a country you've never been to. You want to make sure if you're going to hire a car, you want to drive on the right side of the road. You want to make sure that you don't break any laws because you may end up in jail or worse <laughs> in some countries. You yeah. know, you don't want to take any risks. You want to make sure that you get the best. If you do all the research, when you go out there, you're going to have an amazing time. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you know what to expect when they're when you're there. And I say this is the same as inclusion. If you're going to have someone that's brand new in your organization and you're 
Go and get to know who they are. What yeah. makes them different? What makes them tick? What makes them who they are? How are they going to add the value in the organization? But how mm-hmm. can you as an organization add value to their lives too? Mm-hmm. And if you get to know who they are, then not only are you not just coasting and hoping for things to be okay, not ending up in jail or anything, <laughs> you're going to get the best out of that individual. You're going to get the best experience. Same if you went on holiday. You'll have the best experience. You'll go and see the best tourist attractions because you've gone and done the research prior to going. You know that you should be driving on the left or the right side of the road. You know that you're not allowed to do certain things because if you do, it's culturally not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, in some countries, it's illegal. You mm, see what I mean? Yeah. You take the time to mm-hmm. learn and to understand and to respect and to grow in who they are. Then you celebrate it. Yeah. Instead of looking at it as an obstacle that's in your way. Same with disabilities. We talk about only one in four organizations see it as priority. You know, ultimately, disabilities, people bring the same creativity. They are just as able as anyone yeah. else, you know. Yeah. And disabled actually doesn't mean that there is it comes from a Latin word, an empowerment word that means that not dis anything, it actually means differently abled. So they mm-hmm. are able to do brilliant things if you let them do mm. those brilliant things, mm-hmm. you know. I love that. Differently able, that's going to stick with me. That differently. Yeah, it does. It means yeah. a lot of people have been some read the Latin understanding of mm-hmm. certain words, but yes borrowed again from one of my colleagues mm-hmm. in diversity and ability who I support as well mm-hmm. but yeah it's um it's it's key it's mm-hmm. key thanks for sharing those insights so what I'm going to move on to now is just I want us to kind of have a think about the rivers to resilience model the seven rivers to resilience and just think about which of those have maybe been most instrumental in building I guess your resilience across the board personally and professionally so just for the the audience just as a bit of a reminder in terms of the seven rivers to resilience. So first one is looking at self-awareness and emotional regulation. Second one is looking at cognitive training or mindset training, then the stress management, then looking at your physical health, exercise and fitness, and social connectedness and spirituality, growth mindset and self-affirmations. So which of those kind of Oh my days, all of them. All like, of them. Like, I love these. Like, you know, I think they're absolutely fabulous. I always say, like, literally, my spirituality, I'm, you know, a woman of faith myself. And mm-hmm. I feel like everything that you've said has built all my resilience. If I could tap into each part of them, I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, that bit, yeah, that helped because mm-hmm. I had to yeah. affirm myself. I had to stand and believe. When I talk about exercise, yeah, especially when I was being bullied, I was at that gym and I was pounding it. Oh, you know? wow. right. So so if I look at all the different segments, I went to counselling, I mm-hmm. did negative behavioural therapy, which mm-hmm. is one of the things that you're trained in. And yeah. that was like the, like for me, right. that really helps. When I look mm-hmm. at every single part of those seven resilience, I think it's spot on, like mm-hmm. literally spot on. What I like is that one of the things is mental health. The mental health is probably the strongest one because what we are what we think we are, you know. Yeah. We talk mm-hmm. about Babylon. I don't want to misquote anyone, but you know, <laughs> um, you know, the richest man in Babylon. You know, so as we speak, if so are we are. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to make sure that we look after our mental health because mm-hmm. without it, we're nothing. We can even make it our best friend or our worst enemy. But yeah. everything starts with a thought. Mm-hmm. We can't do any of those things that you've mentioned without it. So you know, we can get to the gym, but we can't if you're not thinking. <laughs> we can yeah. go, go get counselling. We can go and look at stress management. We can look at all, but you have to have that thought first. Mm-hmm. So mental health is key like yeah. actually for me it has been pivotal 
but all of it, like the whole seven, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Then, right? <laughs> <laughs> you need, you do, you need it, mm-hmm. and it's. I think all organizations need to have a look at your seven rivers of resilience and see how they can ensure that that is implemented in everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I love it as a kind of thing that you use in terms of diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, th- thank you for that feedback. I appreciate that. And I guess it highlights the importance of with resilience, taking a holistic approach, because that's what the model essentially is. We're not just physical beings without, <laughs> without a mind or, yeah. or even without the spiritual aspect that they all they're all interconnected aren't they and sometimes I think we can overlook that and focus so much on our maybe just on our mindset and developing intellectually but actually you're just totally ignoring the physical side yeah we need it all absolutely there is a balancing act isn't there it's not an easy act though we've got to be quite aware it's not easy but once you've understand it I think it's the key isn't it once you understand what it is that you're doing yeah, I think when I was doing it, I must admit, I didn't have like a strategy for say until I've got older. I realized, oh, actually, this is a strategy going mm-hmm. forward. This is a strategy. I just didn't understand it at the time that I was applying mm-hmm. these principles. Yeah. yeah, really useful that you've shared that. It makes me think about resilience as I guess it's the kind of building blocks and it's, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. And life is a journey and we're continually yeah. learning, continually evolving if we are self-aware some people are not self-aware so that they're not looking for those opportunities and that's why that is the first river to resilience self-awareness connecting with yourself knowing what is going on what is causing this exactly. why are you stuck that's exactly. so on my transformational course awareness is the first you can't we can't move forward at all until you are aware of self so yeah. 100% agree we're like and diversity and inclusion exactly the same mm-hmm. like principles so I also have my own principles called pulse and it's literally about understanding self-awareness mm-hmm. people don't understand their unconscious biases they need to understand mm-hmm. those the perceptions and things like that yeah do you want to share a little bit about the pulse? Is that an acronym pulse it is yeah so it's like so pulse basically is the heart of everything that we do so mm-hmm. diverse inclusion is the heart of everything we do. If we don't have the pulse, we cannot move forward. Yeah. The P stands for your perceptions. Understand what is the perceptions that people have in terms of the way that you operate. Remember I talk, talked about people can access things at the click of the finger. So what is the perceptions? What is out there? What are people telling you? Yeah. The U stands for actually your awareness of it. So mm-hmm. you could have people thinking, you might like, I don't know. People are actually thinking things about you from the moment they see you. Yeah. It's already been made in how many seconds? The mm-hmm. same when you look at, a, a, if you look at a business page, go on LinkedIn, you look at a person. No yeah. matter what you say, people make a decision. Mm-hmm. They make a perception. Now you need to understand what those are. And you need to be aware of your own, own unconscious biases, which is your you. Mm-hmm. Then you talk about the L, which is, okay, what are the learns from that? What are the things that I've learned from the things that I've missed out on? The learn your opportunities that go forward and then once you understand those very principles the you know your unawarenesses your your lack or lack of it shall we say mm-hmm. then you can start looking at well what is the business strategy and it has to be bespoke and unique to your personal mm-hmm. organization how can i have a diverse and inclusive organization that really meets my audience the mm-hmm. people that are attracted to this how can i adapt it mm-hmm. and then the next thing is then well how can we do this with ease which mm-hmm. So we're going to do it with the ease. We don't want people stressed out, do we? And the ease is just your execution, your evaluation. You need to really execute with, but you don't need to rush. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the wrong weren't built in a day, but neither was it looking at its architectural 
prints mm-hmm. you need to execute then you need to evaluate what you're doing mm-hmm. continually say you're growing through the journey I always say like it's a life you know you talked about journey but it is it's not we're not quite there yet which is people say that all the time mm-hmm. that means there is a there's an end no there it's a journey you're going to be continually yeah. on this journey so remember that you're doing that and the other one is that you just need to be aware of mm-hmm. how it's going to I say end it's not the end but how you're constantly changing with it that makes mm-hmm. sense no, so, I love that framework. It is. It's, a, it's a basically, it's pulse, basically. Mm-hmm. So the pulse, everything is part of whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Everything you've got to have. You can't move forward without it. I'll be looking into that outside of, um, outside of the podcast, definitely. <laughs> so are there any, with us coming to an end, any kind of final closing remarks or anything that you want to share about resilience, diversity and inclusion, or even just about what you the, you know, the career and the business coaching because you offer quite a wide range of services and I'd love for the audience to connect with you as well so I always say minds always goes into the same thing so minds is about supporting those who are underrepresented mm-hmm. so it's the same value that ultimately we need to be uplifting those who have been unsupported in the past shall we say mm-hmm. so that's yeah. my core of everything I do so everything mm-hmm. is all streaming from that so I support women women of color to progress in their careers and accelerate to six figures or more because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the standing point that's going to be the your norm like you know yeah. that's going to be the norm in society that we're looking at those higher yeah. marks not just getting by so mm-hmm. we do, I do a lot of money mindset because a lot of mm-hmm. people a lot of individuals believe that you know just enough is enough Mm. And when you start building it down, you're like, well, actually, it isn't enough because I can't go on holiday and I can't do this and I can't do that. Yeah. So then enough isn't enough, then is it? Yeah. <laughs> so how do we look at well, what is what is in more than enough? What can get you those holidays? What can get you the things that make you and your family happy? Mm-hmm. And then look at that figure rather mm-hmm. than the figure that's just in the air on how and, and it's not covering your bills. Mm-hmm. And then we look at awarenesses and things like that. That's really important I take them through a whole program which we talked about awareness but also having their own personal strategy to success Mm -hmm. and that's really key it's got to be your own strategy how you can be authentic and it's not something that you need to come back to me time and time again for it's a strategy that lasts for life once you understand it that's Mm -hmm. it so I have something that a principle that I follow for that Mm-hmm. And then I go into because I, I remember it talks about ownership. It's on yeah. them. It's for them to be take ownership of your own development. Mm-hmm. But I do think the organisations have their own responsibilities. So mm-hmm. I go into organisations to help them support individuals mm-hmm. who are underrepresented, colour, but all. So I talk about disabilities. One because I have a disability, but also I'm trained to do that as well. Talk mm-hmm. about how they can support individuals in the organisation mm-hmm. with very different classes. Even if they're LGBTQ or other, mm-hmm. I talk about it all because ultimately, mm-hmm. when we talk about diversity and inclusion, we've got to make sure that we are focusing on everyone at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. And then, so this is all my little different streams. There's a few. And then it's also people who decide that they want to own their own businesses. So right. I support women of color, particularly, and allies. I say allies mm-hmm. because that's people who want to attract the right audiences as well mm-hmm. allies to in their businesses so mm-hmm. I support women of color to accelerate their businesses and to scale yeah. it mm-hmm. and then I also help organizations who are allies to also understand how to be more diverse and inclusive and to accelerate in their businesses too 
Right. No. Interesting. Fear. I love it. Like yeah. a really beautiful. Oh, I can I can see that the passion yeah. is sharing <laughs> about. Really it. good. Right. Oh, that's, that's great. So one final question. I was going to leave it out, but I thought, no, this is a good one. So if you could have a conversation with your younger self, what would you say? So in terms of resilience or what would you want your younger self to know about resilience based upon your journey and where you are now? Well, it's funny enough, I did write a letter to myself, not mm-hmm. recently. I worked with my, because I believe in having a coach myself. It's mm-hmm. very important that we I talk about this all the time. Don't you cannot be the pivotal of all knowledge. There's always someone higher than yourself. Yeah. So for me, I did write a letter to myself. And the main mm-hmm. thing is keep going. Resilience, just keep going. Yeah, I like that. Just keep going. That's it. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And if I was to write that to myself, that's all I'd say. There were times where I felt like I just couldn't go any further. Mm-hmm. And having that keep going is all mm-hmm. I need. And that's it. Yeah. So everyone that's listening, if you're going through challenging times, if you may be in dark times and you feel that you can't see beyond where you are, just keep going. Keep Take going. one step, one step at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time, and just keep turning up. And yeah. then that's when you, you will see that your resilience will build. It's got to grow. It's got to grow. If you keep turning up, you will grow and develop. But it's been fantastic having you on the podcast today, Samantha. You've dropped so many nuggets, insights and gems. And I just love your your authenticity. And a lot of what you shared really resonated with me. So thanks for, yeah, thanks for being here today and for sharing. Likewise, I've loved it. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Rivers to Resilience. To keep up to date, connect with us online at www.rafatherapyservices.com and on all social media platforms. It's your time to be revived, restored and refocused.